0: Hello, welcome to Bridge Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about The Truth, the title track from The Truth the bonus disc that was given away with um, Crystal Ball. Um, All the tracks for this album were recorded autumn 1996 at Paisley Park, and this track itself was released on the 14th of February 1997, as a preview, as a as a single. That obviously, the 14th of February 1997, being the first anniversary of Prince and Maite's wedding. Uh, on the track, it is just Prince, and the song is 3 minutes 35 long. And joining me to talk about it today is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hey. Like, the problem I'm going to have with the whole of this album is obviously everything is recorded with roughly the same sound. Okay. So, you know, everything is an acoustic guitar and prints. Right. And then occasionally there's little tiny bits of, you know, beats here and there done by Kirk Johnson mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's mostly just prints and acoustic guitar, which would suggest that most of these songs are, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, like folk ballads or something. Like. It would, it would suggest that they're all kind of of the same genre, but I don't think they are. Um, and, you know, that's obviously something I'll get into as I go through each of the tracks. Right. Um, but I think the fact that this, the production sound is roughly similar on every single track uh, obviously kind of causes this weird issue of trying to classify what genre the songs are in, because the sound of them means that you're immediately drawn to think, oh, well, they're... Their acoustic whatever. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of them kind of go into different, you know, different types of uh, kind of acoustic songs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the truth itself. Uh, well, there's, it's worth saying as well. There is a little bit of sound effect with the kind of uh, clock ticking. And there's like a computer sound.
1: <laughs> <later> yeah. <on. laughs> yeah. That, that really when I, I, I when I first heard it, I wasn't sure if it was just something wrong with my computer or if there was something wrong with YouTube or just something off because every time I was listening to it that always kind of threw me off a bit and especially I think one of either the clock noises or the uh, telephone noise was it sounded more like a recent telephone noise than just like a telephone noise in the in the in the late 90s too so that was like something might be wrong but yeah the sound effects were something <laughs> that were very noticeable with this uh with this track too yeah, well, um, uh, if I, I just wanted to say that for me, that the genre, it, it seems to be a lot more dead into the blues, specifically like the acoustic blues with this, this song specifically. Uh, yeah, that, that was kind of what I was getting out of it. I I would have to kind of sit with the whole record to kind of see where he goes with it. But this one was definitely a blues song, a blues ballad, maybe, but definitely a blues influence song
0: because i feel with with prince you know sometimes you know you've you've kind of you can figure out the genre from the production that he does
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so you know a lot of his kind of more jazzier songs will have horns in you know a lot of his kind of more pop songs will have you know uh, kind of you know more keyboards you know like he, it, some of the production would kind of give you a clue as to the genre but with this album right. uh, you know we're gonna have to puzzle it out based on you know what the kind of subject of the songs are Mm. And, uh, yeah, you know, Prince, <laughs> I mean, as far as like an opening track and like a title track goes, I think this is, you know, this is kind of, uh, this is probably one of the stronger ones in the kind of late nineties because it's like, I don't know, like it, it feels like you say, it does feel kind of very bluesy. Yeah. Um, but like, there's also like a little bit of a kind of like protest in there where Prince is asking about, you know, um, how do people know the truth? Right, uh, And this is something that, that is kind of common with, uh, you know, a lot of the songs on this album, which is a lot of them don't really have like full kind of choruses. They might just have like the re- repetition of the title. Mm-hmm. And that is that's the you know, that's that counts as the chorus. Mm-hmm. And, not, and you know, in this song, we have Prince, you know, saying, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what essentially would be, you know, like the the chorus. But I guess there's. I don't know. I guess there's a, the thing where he says everybody's got a right to love, everybody's got a right to lie. Um, you know, the choice you make
1: ain't no piece of cake. Uh, it ain't no, no motherfucking, motherfucking piece of pie. <laughs> piece of pie. Yeah. Which he he definitely he he definitely used that to kind of fit into the meter. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but I, so I, I I mean, like to me that that feels like that's kind of the chorus, but right. it's not got the title in. But then he does say the title later on, where he says, you know, you got to tell the truth. Mm. And obviously, he opens up saying. You know, uh, what if half of the things you ever said turned out to be a lie? How will you know the truth? Right. And so this question of how will you know the truth is repeated a few times throughout as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's it's like a very odd structure. Something that kind of follows this, you know, a lot of the songs on this album is they don't seem to have like traditional structures. Um, it does kind of feel like Prince has basically, you know, plugged in his guitar and hit record and then just kind of sings a song and then, then yeah. and then when he gets to the end he's kind of like yeah i guess that's a song and then <laughs> just kind of you know unplugs the guitar and walks away for the day but yeah it's yeah, I it, guess, like
1: i guess like bruce spring scenes the river well that was a four track and this seems like a little bit more than a four track but yeah he might have you know just kind of plugged in and played or have worked around with these songs like, for me hearing this uh, I think with, you know, chaos and disorder, that one, I, on the on the CD, it said um, contra- contractual obligation. For me, this felt like a con- con- contractual obligation to, you know, um, I, I I know a little bit of just like where it came from and how it came to be a part of a crystal ball, but it still felt like he had to kind of put this out for one reason or another. And I don't know, I, I, I don't know how really proud he was of these songs, but, I mean, that that was just kind of something I was feeling when I was listening to the song. It definitely, you know, that was one thing that really stuck with me. Um, it, it was also a, a very kind of personal live song. We were talking about how it was a protest song, and then we can go into more of that, but on my end, it seemed like a more like a personal one-on-one song as opposed to kind of a bigger, I, I guess you could say, uh, like, epistemology. Uh, philosophy of thought i can't say that word right now but uh, that kind of uh epistemology yeah uh kind of song too yeah but yeah uh, we can talk more about that
0: to me like the album doesn't feel like a contractual obligation more than okay. you know um a set of ideas that prince had and he wanted to get them out there as quickly as he could and mm-hmm. you know he just you know i mean this was a, a, you know this was meant to be the follow-up to emancipation Um, you know EMI had plans to release this as the follow up to Emancipation had Emancipation been a success Uh, but then obviously you know Prince's personal life kind of intervened and there was a 14 month gap from Emancipation to Crystal Ball and by the time Crystal Ball came out Prince was obviously you know distributing it himself through 1-800-NEW-FUNK you know the single for this was distributed through 1-800-NEW-FUNK and through Um, (laughs) 1-800-NEW-FUNK.com and Funnily enough, just this and Don't Play Me as a single, as a CD single, um, which I think was the only format it was issued on, was $15 as sold through 1-800-NEW-FUNK. So I think we see there the business plan that Prince had um, in terms of how he was going to make money after Warner Brothers. Um, And he did say in later years, you know, like uh, once he was free of Warner Brothers, you know, his record sales weren't as high But, you know, he said that, you know, uh, Purple Rain sold like 10 million copies, but he got like 10 percent of that. But when but when something like, you know, um, Musicology sells half a million copies, he gets like 90 percent of that. So for Prince, it was like. You know, I guess I'm guessing on this $15, he's getting 100% of that, or whatever it costs yeah. for the price of making a CD, which I think in the late 90s is probably only you know pennies, basically. Um, so oh, yeah. you know, it, basically this is kind of pure profit. Of course, that meant that the single was not eligible for any charts um, because it was being sold by mail order. Um, and I do think it's interesting that he kind of he made it available on the anniversary of you know his marriage to Maitai. Um, yeah. so Ooh, yeah almost almost as if he was intending for the album to kind of follow close after that and I'm guessing EMI would have had this kind of plans for it to be released some point in 97 of course 97 you know being one of the few years where Prince didn't release an album um, a- yeah. a- after having released three in 96 and <laughs> then later releasing what effectively amount to five in in 98 um, so you know Uh, But yeah, let's get into, you know, what the song is about. I mean, like I said, Prince asks, what if half the things, you know, ever said turned out to be a lie? uh, How will you know Mm -hmm. the truth? Which is, you know, a good question, Um, you know. But but at the same time, I I think, I mean, philosophically, you have to ask yourself, what is the truth? Um, Right. You know, it's worth saying that Prince, you know, uh, obviously for the title of the song, it's capitalized the truth. So it makes you feel like there is a specific truth that Prince is trying to, you know, ask you about, um, right. you know, and he asks us uh, if you were given all the answers and you stop to wonder why. Uh, but how will you know
1: the truth? <laughs> like, Yeah. And, I, you know, this has always been a struggle for me doing this. But how much of of this is autobiographical and I guess coming from where he was coming from with his interactions with the uh with his uh, with warner brothers and with his label the i guess the truth of actually being a part of a label when they're just taking as, he, as you're kind of mentioning they're taking all his money they're taking a lot of um i guess a, a certain kind of creative aspect for him and he feels a bit robbed from that and he feels like the truth of what he wants to do is um well, it's 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 he's struggling with that. Yeah. You know, he might be asking himself, like, well, is this the real truth of what I want to do or how I want to create uh, this isn't, doesn't feel like the what would be uh, a religious truth, which is something I can imagine him talking about and, and writing about uh, this seems to be more of kind of like a, uh, a pragmatic or practical truth yeah that's, that's you know something i picked up
0: i mean also you gotta remember he only like by the time this was released he'd only been out of his right. contract with warner's for v- about eight months um mm. you know going from the release of um chaos and disorder so you know there's a chance that he's talking about you know uh, the kind of the story of the battle between himself and warner brothers and what exactly was right. the truth um as far as that comes from um yeah you know although again like this kind of I don't, know, I don't know if you c- can call it like a chorus, but the, you know, everybody's got a right to, to love, uh, everybody's got a right to lie, which <laughs> suggests maybe that Prince is, is not averse to kind of selling his side of the story versus Warner's. Oh, of course not. Uh, but the choice you make, it ain't no piece of cake, which again, that might be the idea of walking away from a very lucrative contract with Warner Brothers. Um, and then, of course, he says there ain't no motherfucking piece of pipe, which might be that might relate to. Um, I mean, this was actually recorded before *Emancipation* was was released, so that makes me think that that's talking about the you know the release of the albums that got Prince out of his contract. You know, maybe you know he's talking about how it's not a piece of pie to kind of throw together three albums so you can get out of a contract deal. Yeah, I don't know, but like the the the, the idea that this choice isn't a piece of cake, I think, is the the kind of the strongest idea in this song. And, you know, the idea that Prince didn't just kind of capriciously choose to change his name and walk away from that contract, you know, that was obviously a choice that he he wanted to make for a very kind of specific reason. Um, right. You know, which in, in the kind of PR battle is Prince's truth, I feel. Um, you know, and then, of course, we get the sound of a clock ticking. <laughs> which, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, which... That- Kept throwing me off.
0: Yeah, which which is also something that was featured in uh, Most Beautiful Girl in the World, where he says, you know, where he says the word time, and then you hear a clock ticking there as well. So, Mm-mm. you know, this I, I'm, it, it feels to me like he's got like a CD of sound effects sometimes, and, and this is, oh, the, of course, this is the period where he seems to be throwing sound effects onto onto songs quite a lot. Um, you know, and and I like as well how you know when he when he's when he's singing the you know um, you know how will you know the truth. Uh, it's worth saying that, like, vocally, you know, obviously, the, all that we have really is the acoustic guitar and the sound effects. But vocally, right. Prince is really kind of he's it's not like he's singing these, you know, on one level, you know, the kind of how you know the truth. He kind of goes down into his lower register. And then when he sings mm. the everybody's got a right to love, he kind of goes into a kind of soft falsetto, um, you know. And then later on, you know, when he talks about how it is a piece of pie. He really starts to scream. Um, and that's probably my favorite part of the entire
1: song. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I so think he, the performance wise, it really, uh, you know, that does kind of stick out for the song. Like he, he, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of hemming and hawing on the song overall. But I do think his performance vocally is uh, is really interesting. Really yeah. uh, engaging. and As he always kind of is. Yeah.
0: But I mean, here, because obviously it's just the guitar and his voice, it does feel like mm-hmm. you're kind of closer to Prince than you've ever been in, you know, previous productions, you know, even if you think of stuff like, you know, Purple Rain or, you know, around the world in the day, it feels like there's always a lot of production going on, you know, there's drum machines, there's, you know, orchestras, there's, there's always a lot of stuff that's kind of, kind of swirling around Prince's voice, and which is not to say you can't hear Prince's voice, because obviously, you know, it's not like he's going to ever push himself back in the mix. Um, but yeah. here you, you, really get to, you really get to kind of feel as if you are in the studio with Prince and he's just got the guitar in front of him. And, you, you know, the vocals really that's something that I love about this album is that the vocals are really in, you know, kind of in your ears. You kind of you really hear what, what Prince's voice sounds like, um, yeah. you know, uh, and Prince, <laughs> he says, what if time's only reason was to give give us something to fear? Uh, mm. And if so, you're the end of the journey so clear. Um, which, uh, you know, I guess is a fancy way of saying, you know, the only, the only thing that makes dying worthwhile is living, um,
1: which, right. you know, oh, yeah. which is, we, I mean, that's the Phil, that's the philosophical kind of aspect to this song, to, like the specifically philosophical, what is the point of living Well, we are running out of time? And in fact, it kind of reminds me a bit of uh, 1999. I just heard it this morning again, yeah. uh, when I was at the gym and the kind of, uh, I I don't know if existential dread is the same thing, but. <laughs> The reality, you know, the reality of you only have so much time left. Yeah. And what if that, what if because of you only have so much time left, that's how you discover your truth or the meaning of your existence or the meaning of your life?
0: And then, of course, he says, question, (laughs) what did you stand for? Question, who did you save? Uh, Mm. When it gets right down to the, wait a minute. When it gets right down to the nitty of the gritty, which is probably my favorite part of the song, uh, when it gets right down to it, you take more than you gave. So, you know, again, this is the kind of philosophical middle eight, I would say, where Prince is asking you questions of, you know, what did you stand for? Who did you save? Um, Yeah, and the nitty gritty of it, which is, you know, did you take more than you gave? I mean, obviously, uh, something that might be in the news, you know, quite a lot with people who seem to be very wealthy, and you know, own 10 yachts, it seems like they're taking a lot more than they're giving. Um, you know, so, yes,
1: but, but they're the aggrieved
0: party, of course. (laughs) Indeed they are. Um, so yeah, you know, and then of course we go back to the kind of the, the chorus in a way with the, everybody's got a right to love. Everybody's got a right to live. Um, but the choice you make, it ain't no piece of cake. And Prince goes really quiet on that, it ain't no piece of cake. And then he comes yeah. back in very loud with, it ain't no motherfucking motherfucking piece of pie. And that's where we get the computer noises. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why the computer noises are there. Like, I can kind of understand the, the clock ticking earlier, but the computer noise is dumb. It's almost as if, like, the, you know, the computer that is handling the mixing desk can't handle Prince's vocals or something, and his screaming yeah. is kind of, you know, causing I them to, to glitch or something. I mean... Uh, yeah and then you know he kind of goes quiet and he, he he says you know got to tell the truth y'all got to tell the truth goes that kind of starts mm. freestyling a little bit um and then kind of towards the end he, he comes back with if there was just one day that everybody had to tell the truth we'd all trade bank accounts and move back to neptune and then he kind of finishes it with a little flourish and that's the end of the song <laughs> i don't know why yeah. he feels like we come from neptune i'm not sure what's going on there um but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea that, you know, he is... I, I mean, he's not attacking the wealthy so much as just pointing out that, you know, if everybody was, was kind of on a level playing field uh, and, you know, one of those things would be kind of being honest about how much money they're making, then maybe people would want to trade bank accounts with some people. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a kind of an interesting opening, um, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I you know... I, I mean, I really enjoy the kind of production sound of this album. Like I said, you, you really get close to Prince's voice. And, you know, uh, like over the kind of, you know, almost 40 years of his career, I feel like the strongest thing was always his voice. Um, so, you know, it didn't yeah. matter what kind of, you know, production he was into that particular year, which, you know, obviously from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s kind of, you know, obviously evolved quite a bit. Um, but you know his voice was always the constant and i think that's the that's the true strength of this album you know and the fact that you know he manages to kind of um you know fill the song with nothing more than an acoustic guitar you know the whole of this album you know it, it could sound very kind of thin but prince manages to kind of i'm almost certain he went back and did some overdubs i don't think he did this in oh, yeah. one take um but he kind of gives it the feeling of it being like you know one take uh, particularly the, the way that he sings some of the lyrics it feels like if he'd have gone back and rewritten some of those, it would have been a bit smoother. But they're kind of some of the lines are kind of a little awkwardly delivered, yeah. Um, as if as if it, it is done in one take. But yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously, just hearing Prince's voice, um, and you know, we're basically in the not the exact middle because I think we're past the middle now, but we're kind of in the middle of Prince's career, um, you know, and you know, his voice is kind of very, you know, it's matured from when he first started. And he kind of really knows how to use his voice. And also, it's always fun to have a little bit of Prince just screaming motherfucking piece of pie out of nowhere, you know, in the middle of a song, just to kind of make a point.
1: Yeah, you know, I wonder if around the time he was or if he was ever asked to do MTV Unplugged, because thinking more and listening to this more and also seeing some of his uh, uh, acoustic performances. And I just remembered, I, I was looking at the Prince vault and I remembered when I saw Prince in Philadelphia uh, in 2004 on the Musicology Tour and his kind of uh, the middle section where he was playing acoustic. And it does make me think, you know, was he asked and is this kind of, uh, was this a response to, you know, well, I don't want to be on MTV, but being unplugged and playing acoustic, that that's not a bad idea. Let me just do it the Prince way.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, th- this was around the time that, you know, MTV unplugged the brand because some of, <laughs> some of those... Uh, you know, some of those albums weren't a hundred percent unplugged. You know, there was there was still the odd like kind of electric instrument here and there. Yeah. So you know, it didn't it didn't strictly fit the idea of what the like the first couple of unplugs that were on MTV uh, were were you know one hundred percent unplugged. And then as the format went on, it became more of a branding yeah. rather than an accurate assessment of the recording. Um, but yeah, it does it does kind of make sense that uh, yeah, you know. Um, You know, Prince is, you know, Prince is kind of, um, you know, kind of almost doing his own version of an unplugged album, Um, you know, but uh, which obviously, you know, I think if EMI had successfully released this in 1997, you know, that like maybe they would have pushed that as the kind of like the important aspect of this album was like, oh, this is Prince Unplugged, you know, but I I guess they never got that chance because, uh, you know, obviously other things intervened. Yeah um so i mean for me this is a clear five out of five you know i'm probably gonna be saying that quite a lot on this album because i just i remember getting you know crystal ball and being a little bit disappointed in those 30 tracks (laughs) uh if i'm honest with you there's about you know there's about maybe i don't know maybe seven or eight that i could kind of turn into an album that i you know i listen to frequently whereas with the truth it was an album where you know i mean obviously in preparation for recording this i've been re-listening to some of the tracks Mm -hmm. you know that i'm recording with people and i just always end up listening to like whatever track i start at i end up listening to at least the next four or five tracks one like after it straight away like i can't help but listen to like this album not as a whole but at least four or five tracks before i think to myself hold on a second I'm only listening to the. I'm only listening to the truth for today. I need to go back and and just get, like kind of re-listen to that track again. Yeah. So it's just one of these albums that I've. I've you know, uh, maybe it just came along in the right time for me, and you know, with the bit haven't been like a gap, and uh, you know, this is around the time that I got my first CD player, and this was one of the first albums of Prince's that I got on CD. So. You know, The the Truth was essentially one of the only CDs I owned at the time. So, you know, it was just easy for me to, to stick it in and listen to it. And, uh, you know, over the last kind of like, you know, 20 years, it's just been one of those albums where I just, I'll, I'll just have a habit of just listening to five or six tracks at a time, even if I only intend to listen to one. So, right. um, you know, I, I feel like most of my guests are probably not going to enjoy the songs as much as me or high, rate them as highly as me. But this is just an album where I, you know, I enjoy... So many of the tracks, um, you know, I feel mm. like the average on this album is probably going to end up being something like four and
1: a half. So. <laughs> um, oh, I, I have to be honest. I have to give it a, a three. I'm going to try to sit down and actually listen to the full the full album. Um, but this one, I, I don't know. I, I, I would definitely have to listen to it in context to kind of get more out of it. Like I think with me and pop music now or like overall, it's been a kind of a mere exposure effect. And as long as I kind of listen to music over and over again, I start to kind of like it a lot more. But this one I might have to sit down with a little bit more to, to really kind of, really think more about, uh, as of right now, I'm giving it a three out of five.
0: Okay. I mean, I can understand that. It is, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's one of those things where like, obviously, you know, the, the kind of, st- you know, the style of the album, if it doesn't kind of strike you, then I can imagine that listening to, you know, um, like 12 songs all in the same mode (laughs) might be a little bit tedious. Uh, But for me, it's just one that I really enjoy, Um, you know, and Prince kind of, um, you know, he did perform the song live a couple of times, um, you know, and, uh, you know, on the 2002 tour, um, you know, he, he kind of added it to uh, a a cover of sunshine of your love, (laughs) uh, which I would have liked to have heard, you know, maybe Prince inserting motherfucking piece of pie into (laughs) sunshine of your love. But yeah, so you know, I mean, you know, this is this is the case with a lot of the stuff of Crystal Ball as well. You know, Prince obviously, you know, he kind of took a small hiatus from touring, you know, for a couple of years, and he didn't, you know, he didn't really tour a huge amount. You know, the only time that this was really paid live was, you know, in February '98 at Paisley Park. Like, so it was, you know, it was just one of the kind of concerts that Prince had done at Paisley Park where he performed it. But yeah, you know, I've it's it's just one of those tracks that I really enjoy, and this whole album, you know. Uh, I, I just like Prince, you know, with the guitar and with his voice, you know, right in the mic and you can just really, you know, close your eyes and picture Prince, you know, sitting in the corner with his guitar, uh, dressed, you know, to the nines as he always would be. Uh, yeah, you know, of course. And and just kind of playing these songs and, uh, you know, and it, it kind of it, it almost feels like you're kind of, you know, eavesdropping on a on a Paisley Park session rather than listening to you know a fully produced album um you know so you know that's just the feeling that i get and it's just something for the last 20 years this is you know this is probably one of my favorite albums from the kind of you know let's say you know post you know gold experience you know kind of prince you know this this album you know for the from the last kind of like 20 albums of his career this is probably one of my favorite albums so okay i'm gonna enjoy talking about these tracks um, but again, I can understand why for some people they might feel like a little kind of underproduced or, you know, not fully formed um, because, you know, that that's for me, that's kind of what makes them you know enjoyable. Um, obviously, I, I, sp- I spoke about this extensively on um, chlorine bacon skin, which is, you know, Prince just kind of like jamming and messing around. Yeah, that's like my that's my least favorite thing in the world, because I've been in that situation with real musicians where I'm sitting in a room and they're just fighting about for like an hour. Yeah. And this doesn't feel like that. Like, it feels like Prince is kind of doing stuff off the cuff, but it doesn't feel like him just messing about. It feels like he has a clear idea of what he wants this album to be. Right. And, you know, that's that for me, that's what kind of carries through on each of these tracks. It's not just that they all have roughly the same kind of production sound, it's that, you know, they kind of have a, they, it feels like a whole basically. It feels like he had an idea for an album and he just sat down and. Recorded all the tracks. Right. Um, you know. So um, I feel like we said about as much as we can about the truth. Yes. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Elliot?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at EH Wallace.
0: And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us. Not sure why you would at Prince at by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for
1: being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you very much. And otherwise.